Welcome to the Soul's Way podcast. This is your host, Emily Ann Brandt. I am a proud First Nations Mohawk author, speaker, and mentor here to meet you at the intersection of personal development and decolonization. I truly believe that when we see ourselves and one another, mind, body, emotion, and most of all, soul and spirit, we can break through systematic, ancestral, and generational ways of being that we came here to disrupt and rise above. We can lean into the ways that heal our spirits. I know we can do this through honest conversations, radical responsibility, and healing together in community. Through my stories and the incredible conversations with some truly amazing guests, my hope is that you leave each episode with a more open heart and that you feel emboldened in your medicine and your voice, knowing your ripple effect matters. Our ripple effect matters. Thank you for being here. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Soul's Way podcast, or a huge warm welcome if you're new here. Thank you so much for pressing play and tuning in. It means the world. Um, I'm so happy. I'm so, I I don't know if you can hear my smile right now, but I'm like grinning ear to ear because I'm so excited to finally be sitting down again to talk to you all. I truly, truly miss you. I love recording podcasts for you. Um, Side note, funny side note, I wanted to record this episode for you as a Facebook Live in our new group, Let's Decolonize Coaching, our new Facebook group. If you're not in there yet, come and join us. It's for coaches, leaders, space holders, healers, therapists, anyone in the business of personal development who is ready to decolonize, to make sure that your spaces are inclusive, um, that you are embedding values of decolonization and reconciliation and justice and equity and all of that good stuff into the work, the amazing life-changing work you're already doing. So this is just a little story about listening to your body and your intuition because I have been exhausted. It's been a crazy, wild, sorry, I shouldn't use the word crazy. It's been a wild few months, couple months for me with the move and the new job. And the move is, of course, like settling in is not as smooth as we hoped it would be. And homeownership is not as smooth and wonderful as we hoped it would be, at least not yet anyway. There's so many um, things we need to fix before we can actually truly unpack and settle in. And um, oh my gosh, there's just like cost after cost and thing after thing to fix and do um, that we weren't made aware of. And um, and then work has been so extra, <laughs> so full, but also really rewarding and really fun. Um, but it's been a lot, a lot of big responsibilities given to me right off the bat, pretty much. Um, and, and ran a successful event, my first event that I was in charge of just this week, actually, it was a big success. So I'm very, I can relax a little about that. I'm very excited about that. There was also an incident at my work. Um, so I worked at a university. There was a stabbing on campus, a professor and, um, two students were attacked, um, because it was a gender studies class. So um, that's obviously super, super upsetting um, and super traumatic and hard and created also a lot of additional work for all of us on the communications team and many of the staff, uh, the support staffs um, and things like that. And so it's just been all of that at once. And then 
and then trying to keep my business afloat and serve my beautiful souls who are in the decolonized coach community. Um, and thankfully, like that's not thankfully, cause I love the other programs that I run, but like, that's the, that's the only thing I'm running right now. I'm taking the summer off from my, um, emboldened you program, which is a live group program for BIPOC only. And it's freaking, it's incredible. I love it so much. So I'm excited to, to run it again in the fall, but I'm taking the summer off from that. So it's been a matter of making sure my decolonized coach community still feels held and supported. And then last but not least you all, and I'm not just here today because like, I see this as like a task and a thing that I have to do and an obligation. I truly, truly have missed you so much. And I was really excited when I realized today that I would have some space and also some energy to sit down and record this for you. So yes, a quick story about honoring your energy. I went to force myself into doing this video for you um, last week or a couple weeks ago in our Facebook group and I was doing the live on my phone and then I was recording on the podcast at the same time. So I had my mic plugged in over here. I had my phone over here on my um, phone stand and um, I recorded both a Facebook live and recorded onto my garage band for my podcast. After I finished the whole entire live video, Facebook would not let me post it and nobody was on live. So I don't even think it was working properly. And then Facebook would not let me post it. And my garage band was not recording the whole time I was talking, it was not recording. So both separate technologies failed. And it was so weird because the whole time I was talking, I was like, I could feel in the back of my mind, I was like, this isn't it, this is off. Like you're too tired. Why are you pushing through? Why are you doing this? Like my body wanted rest that day. And I did not really have, like, I didn't feel like showing up. Um, I think it was probably around my moon time. So that makes sense. And instead of honoring my body and my intuition, I tried to force it anyway and push through. And then I had to get taught that lesson. The universe was like, Nope, we're just going to block you on all the technology and you're going to go freaking rest. Like your body is asking you to. So um, I'm glad that because it wasn't me at my best and it was me doing the very thing that I teach people not to do, which is to force and hustle out of, um, you know, motivations that are just more like, yeah, colonial, right? Like fear, like we got to be productive all the time. So listen, I say this all the time. I am not perfect at decolonizing myself and my own mind. It's an everyday battle. I'm right here on this journey with you of rewiring my own system, my own ways of being to not fall into that trap that we always have to be doing and we always have to be productive. But today I'm truly excited to be here um, and I'm lit up to be talking to you. Today's topic is highly, highly requested. Um, I put a thread in the Facebook group asking what questions you have, what podcast episodes you want to hear, um, what topics you want me to riff on. And this one got a lot of likes. And then when my team member posted a poll of like, which of these, you know, kind of major three topics that keep coming up, which one do you guys want to hear first? And this one was by far the winner. So the topic is language like words and phrases to avoid or rethink as a coach and this is of course um 
to rethink as a coach who values decolonization, right? And wants to make your space more, uh, make your spaces more inclusive and embed them with justice and equity and all of that good stuff. So this is for you if you are in any way in the business of improving the lives of others and you want to be serving, um, you know, the global majority specifically is, is, um, is my focus in this work and is, is who I'm talking about with these specific phrases that I'm going to talk about, like how to rephrase, but some of them might also apply to other marginalized folks, such as um, Two-Spirit, LGBTQIA+, and um, disabled folks as well. But I will, I always say, like, I'm not the expert in those areas, um, and I can only speak to all of this from my perspective as an Indigenous woman. So that's why I'm so big on collaboration, and I'm always bringing in guest experts for the podcast and for my programs. Um, but anyway, anyway, that was a big intro. So let's get into this very juicy topic, language and phrases to avoid or rethink as a coach. Okay, first I want to say there's so much that I could say in terms of things that you can start saying that will really help folks of the global majority, aka BIPOC, um, to feel more seen and understood and held. Um, But specifically the topic and the question was, what phrases and language should we be avoiding and rethinking and how we how can we reword, reword some of the common coaching phrases that are out there that might be a little problematic so i want to stick to that topic just so this episode isn't like a million hours long because i could give you lots of things to say and little like little tweaks and things to put in your messaging your marketing and also just the way you teach um that really can be really affirming and validating for people but all of that is inside of my Decolonize Coach um, community program. And again, I want to keep the focus for today. Maybe another episode we can do that. But for today, so this episode is not too um, insanely long. <laughs> so let's start with some common things that we hear in the world of personal development and coaching that are problematic that you may not have realized were problematic. I know I certainly didn't until I was like, forced to face this issue kind of head on because of my own um, experience in realizing like, oh my gosh, this is why, this is why um, manifestation and mindset and all of this coaching work has not been working for me the same way that it has been working for my white counterparts, right? And so I was actually perpetuating a lot of this, um, the problems that I now see and speak against I was regurgitating a lot of the language that we're taught, which is primarily rooted in like things like the law of attraction, right? And the importance of thinking positive or even spirituality and getting out of the 3D and getting out of um, victim mentality and things that that are super gaslighting and super harmful for um, people in the global majority who really do face real 3D issues. And so I was gaslighting others and myself and avoiding very real ancestral pain and race-related pain and real inequities that are unfair and are unjust in the name of gratitude and positive, you know, a positive attitude and the law of attraction and vibrating higher and raising my frequency and all of that. But 
once I actually allowed myself to face the pain um, that lives in my bones, that I carry in my bones, in my DNA as an indigenous woman, um, and face the things that myself and my ancestors have gone through, this is when the magic started to happen. And it makes so much sense because we know the importance of shadow work, right? As people who are in the world of like spiritual coaching and mindset coaching, we know the importance of facing our, I guess you would call them in typical mindset work, like limiting beliefs or, um, yeah, like your shadow side, right? We know the importance of doing that and working through the ugly stuff because our emotions, our energy in motion, and they are our guides. They provide clarity. They lead us to breakthroughs. They lead us to end patterns that aren't healthy or good for us and help us reach our next level when we face them head on. The only way through it is through it, right? But this whole industry, this whole world of personal personal development refuses to apply that same thinking that the only way through it is through it and to embrace the tough stuff and work through it we don't allow ourselves to apply that to issues of racism and oppression and colonization and that is very very harmful and problematic and it it killed my progress for years and so as soon as I allowed myself to face those things and stop gaslighting myself and bypassing these things and stop allowing my mentors to um bypass these things and gaslight me literally everything's changed and I don't think I need to go into the proof of like what's changed and how manifestation's working for me now and how my business is flowing because I just think I mean I just think that the energy speaks for itself um and I'm just I'm getting complimented all the time on my voice and the power in it and um the impact and my content and just I think I think you can see the shift if you've been especially if you've been here for a while following me on this journey so I don't want to spend time on that but anyway everything's changed um and so what are those phrases that I was saying and that you might be saying that are very very common in the coaching industry and I want to say too the reason that um this industry really by like we take a positive approach on facing the traumas and the negativity head on for anything that's not race related and we don't do it for race related is because this industry really is unfortunately rooted in a ton of white supremacy. Um, the industry was literally founded by white men who were helping other white men get rich or get more rich, right? Um, so it was created by and for like middle to upper class white men and then eventually middle to upper class white men and women um, and folks, but not for anybody else. And so the roots are very quite toxic and um, I'm not talking about the real roots of coaching like a coach has been around forever since time immemorial. We've had coaches, right? An elder is a coach, an oracle is a coach, a teacher is a coach. So I'm not talking about the real roots of coaching being toxic. I'm talking about the roots of coaching and personal development as an industry, as something to bottle up and capitalize on and make money on and turn it into an industry and a profit. Um, And even that in itself has led to many, many problems and people putting profit over people. 
And I'm not saying that it's a problem to charge for coaching and make money coaching or doing personal development, of course. Um, You deserve to be well paid for your gifts and the amazing work you're doing. But the hyper cap nature has led us to so much toxic individualism and so many coaches focusing on business more than people. Anyway, but I'm getting off track. So that's just a little bit about the roots of the industry. Um, There's more on this with my episode with Sharin Eskandani. I don't know what episode number it is, but go back and look for Sharin's episode here. Um, It's so, so good. Okay, so into the phrases. One that we hear a lot is don't be in victim mentality, right? Or if you think that that's your reality, that's going to be your reality. I can't tell you the amount of times I've seen this on comments and threads online where people are trying to speak up to those who are talking about the law of attraction and manifestation. Um, And they're saying like, well, what do you do when you actually are oppressed or you actually do have real barriers to education and health and finances? Um, Like literally because racism and oppression exists in our banks in our education system, in our hospitals, in our police force, in our justice system, right? Everywhere. Um, So these barriers are real. They are not in our minds. And when people post things like this, we get told, stop playing the victim. Get out of victim mentality. If you think you're going to be oppressed, then you're going to stay oppressed. If you think that you have limits, you're going to have limits. And that is very, very not it's very unhelpful it's very actually harmful um and i want to unpack why it's so harmful so imagine um and this is a very like harsh example to give but it's an example that i always give to my clients just because it really like brings it really brings this point home so imagine if there was an abuse victim who was living with an abuser right and let's say it's a domestic abuse situation and this person comes to you and says i am being abused and i think i need to get out of this relationship imagine saying to that person if you believe you're going to get abused you're going to get abused like how awful is that so you're essentially blaming the literal victim of abuse and saying that she's you know, or they are thinking and therefore attracting the abuse. And that if they just change their thinking, magically this abuse will stop. And we know that's not how it works. And so it's the same thing with systemic abuse and systemic oppression and societal abuse and oppression and racism and all of that. So all it does is blame and shame the individual for actual literal systems of oppression. And that's what a lot of the language does. So let's go over some other common phrases that do this. Um, The only limit is the one in your mind. Be very mindful when you're saying things like this. You wanna also acknowledge like, yes, we can do anything we put our minds to and there are privileges that I hold that allow X, Y, and Z to be more accessible to me. Or there might be Um, you know, barriers and different elements and layers of oppression or lack of privilege that others hold that I want to acknowledge that, you know, um, 
that changed the that that changed the relationship with this right for whatever it is that you're talking about so just a simple acknowledgement is really is really the the simple solution like we're not asking to um for you to solve the issue and i think that's another issue another problem is that a lot of coaches try to go into fix it mode and try to fix it you cannot fix oppression for a client but you can hold space and validate and that right there is the key just holding space and validating is so so healing but here are some examples of what not to say that represent that fix it energy okay so for an example i had a coach say to me um does that have to be your reality though why don't you choose a different story so they were trying to fix my experiences of racism and oppression with a mindset shift and you just can't do that and her saying that to me like does that have to be your reality though that's very gaslighting that's like saying and that's like making me feel like it's my reality because I've been choosing it or I've been in victim mode or I've been low vibe or something um and that's awful that doesn't feel good that doesn't empower me and like trying to fix it with mindset is just it's just a no-no so make sure you avoid that um if you do have clients that are in the global majority or any marginalized and oppressed groups and they express um they just express how they're feeling about something um because it's a lot we shoulder the burden of being oppressed um literally every single day with things right now i mean i'm in canada but things right now literally moving backwards in the u.s um and just in general every single day there's so much that we shoulder that we have to that you know burden we have to shoulder that like of course it's going to play into personal development it just is we can't act like it's not a thing we can't act like it's not a factor because it is but the coaching space as a whole in general likes to act like it's not and that is why coaching spaces specifically are filling with mostly you know 95 percent white people because where's the space for us to actually have righteous rage and actually have space where we can talk about the impacts of colonization and what that does to our identity which is literally key to manifestation is identity that's why i had that whole like identity crisis around realizing i'd been suppressing my indigeneity and only leaning into my whiteness and that was harming my spirit and it was affecting my ability to manifest and to leap and grow and um, attract abundance and grow in my business and all of that. So we can't ignore such important parts of identity um, unless you only want to keep working with white folks and white folks only. But uh, I'm assuming if you're here and you're listening, then that's not the case, right? So that's another thing to avoid saying is like, does that really have to be a reality? Or can you choose a different story? Or the only limit is in your mind um don't play the victim don't go into victim mentality things of that nature now i had a bipoc client ask me like how do i balance um acknowledging the harms of colonialism and white supremacy but also not like not being in victim mode too much because i do want to acknowledge it but i don't want to stay um 
in victim mentality? And I thought that was a really healthy question because there is a balance. And the fact of the matter is there is, there's more layers for us as folks of the global majority. There just is. Um, I can't sugarcoat it and pretend that there's not. There is more layers to this work of um, personal development and personal growth. We have more crap to work through. Um, and it is the role of our allies, especially if you're going to be our coaches and mentors and leaders, to help us work through those layers, to grab a shovel and start digging and helping us uncover this personal power, which leads me to my next line. And this is one that I that I say a lot that people, you, you guys listening probably know already what I'm going to say. One mentor who I was... Um, into for like a few months. I didn't actually pay for a program, but I was like starting to really get into their videos and liking the content. It was very inspiring, very good, very spiritual, very good, good, healthy, simple, but good reminders about the law of attraction and the importance of belief and faith and all of that. But then I was watching the video and I was loving it until the person said, um, she was like, yeah, so we all have different like backgrounds and some of us ancestral trauma and different things like that, but we all have personal power. And I was like, ugh, no, I was loving it until she just said that because just in that one sentence, but we all have personal power. And a bunch of people were like, ooh, yes, yeah, personal power, so true. Like, but mostly all white people commenting, uh, of course. Um, and what that does is, again, it's putting all, like, the whole industry, as um, Sharin Eskandani so perfectly explains, it's like the whole concept of law of attraction and manifestation is rooted in the belief that everything is up to the individual. All the circumstances of your life are up to you as the individual, you and your personal power and your personal mindset. And what this does is creates a ton of toxic individualism, this sense that we have to go everything alone. And this is not healthy for anyone, um, but especially people in the global majority who obviously face extra oppression and, and need community more more than any anyone, right? Um but we all do. We all need each other. We aren't meant to go it alone. And that whole that whole principle is is really, really harmful and toxic. And telling someone that, yes, you have ancestral trauma, but you have personal power. Like, yes, that's true. And in that one line, you just made me feel like if I'm not where I want to be, at the same speed and at the same time as my white counterparts, then I haven't done enough. I don't have enough juice in my personal power. It's my fault. I'm not doing enough. And I know that that's not true because I've been, I had been doing the work and doing all the things for the same amount of time as um, my colleagues in this industry who I saw just like kind of, taking it and running with it when the mentors said, um, you know, you have the right to own your worth and take up space and charge these rates and do that and go leap and fly. And they did. 
And then I had a, such a validating conversation with my friend Asha Frost. And she said, you know what? People with settler ancestry, they have entitlement literally in their DNA. Like their ancestors knew how to take up space. And what's in our DNA is trauma and oppression and actual literal fear for our lives if we take up space, if we use our voice. And so whether or not I was conscious of that, that was super at play. Um, But then yet I have all these messages telling me like, no, you just need more personal power. You just need more mindset work. You just need more belief. When what I actually needed was the validation of what I'd been feeling and the resistance and the, the pain of the, just the, the crap that I've been through and the, um, the heaviness of the things my ancestors have been through and the even my experience of being mixed race and how that plays into my identity and feelings of not enough and all of that. But again, there's so like, there's just not space for these conversations and this aspect, this factor of race in this industry. It's such a big gap. So those are a couple of um, phrases. Let me see if I can think of any more that would be kind of along the same lines oh okay claim a seat at the table Ooh, this one really grinds my gears claim a seat at the table if you want to make it to the next level if you want to be a seven-figure entrepreneur then you need to get in the room with people who are inspiring you and doing the same and calibrate to the frequency and raise your vibration and normalize it and be in the room just claim a seat at the table But what if the table was not built for you? What if all the conversations at this table are like I just talked about, very gaslighting, very harmful, really not inclusive, really not considerate, um, and actually just make you feel like crap or actually just constantly feel like they don't apply to you? Then it's not expansive to be in that room. How about flip the table over and let's build a fire instead and sit around the fireplace and actually hear each other's hearts and stories and um, invite in our ancestors and our spirit animal and plant allies and all all of that good thing uh, goodness but yeah claim just claim a seat at the table when the table is not actually ready and equipped to host anyone other than somebody with a similar lived experience of the facilitator And then those people will thrive at that table. But what about folks of the global majority? What about non-binary people? What about trans people? Like, what about people with disabilities? What about people with different body shapes? Like, there's so much that's not being considered yet in this whole realm of coaching, which is so interesting because DEI, like diversity, equity, inclusion, even though it's already kind of fizzling in, in the corporate world a, a lot, um, like there was a lot of big demand for it in 2020, and then we already kind of see it fizzling out or being very performative in many places, but it like didn't really ever make its way over to the coaching industry um, and to entrepreneurs as much. And so, um, but we're really seeing the demand for it. We really are, and it's not a temporary one. It's not a trend. It is a real, true inside and out foundational structures and overhauls that need to be done real change needs to happen um 
because people are just exhausted of paying lots and lots of money and being in these spaces and sitting at these tables that are not even built for them or um, constantly feeling like we're on the outside of these sister circles that were never built for us. And even that word sister, um, which is a word that I used to use because I'm on the same unlearning journey with you, but even that word is like so um, uncomfortable and exclusive for somebody who's non-binary or trans or just doesn't, you know, resonate with that term and um, and wants to still be included in these things, right? So there is a lot to consider and I want you to have grace and compassion with yourself if you've said any of these phrases or you use any of these phrases and it's what you were taught and you're you're like, oh my gosh, I have so much to unlearn and it's intimidating and it's scary. That's what, you know, that's what we're here for. We're here to do this work in community. That's what this podcast is now here for. That's what my Facebook group is there for. That's what the Decolonized Coach community is there for. If you are ready to like take it step by step and make these foundational changes in your business, words is just one tiny part of the equation. There's so much more structurally that needs to be done. And for you, for your own mind, like mentally, there's so much to be unlearned and relearned in order to actually hold um, safe and brave spaces where um, the typically taboo conversations are not taboo. They're not off limits and everything is truly welcome and everyone is truly welcome. So I'm just trying to see if there's any more phrases to reconsider. Oh, I have some words that I shared in the Roundtable Masterclass to stop saying. So just some like culturally inappropriate words. Um, tribe, saging, and savage. I think everyone knows about tribe, right? That's cultural appropriation. Just please stop saying it. Um, savage, a lot of people didn't realize, and I made a post about this, didn't realize that that word is harmful. That word was used, and again, these are like, I'm only speaking from an indigenous lens here and from my lens specifically, but savage is like, for indigenous people, it's, it's almost like our version of the n-word because that would that word was used to dehumanize us as indigenous people and therefore justify genocide and land theft and abuse um and all kinds of mistreatment so it was like oh they're not humans they're wild savages and so that word is really really um sensitive and if you're wanting to say it like people say it all the time it's everywhere um if you mean like fierce or badass or fearless, just say that. Or if you mean wild, just say that. Okay, so that's a word to relearn. Um, if you see an indigenous person saying it, like we are allowed to reclaim it, but please, nobody else. Um, and then saging. So a lot of people like to work with sage and do smudging, but somebody somewhere told people not to call it smudging because um, that's an indigenous word and not all tribes and communities and nations use even call it smudging. Um, everyone has different names for it and not all tribes and groups and communities and nations you like even do smudging. Like um, I'm Mohawk and we traditionally um, don't smudge, but we borrow it from our Anishinaabe brothers and sisters and um, folks because it's amazing and it's beautiful so we've adopted it but 
um, Asha Frost offers the term smoke medicine, which I really, really like um, that you can use. But I would also say, I d- the reason I don't like the word saging, when people say, oh, I'm saging, I'm saging, is because it's just indigenous erasure. So you're trying to find a word to use instead that's not indigenous, but then it's erasing us and we're always erased. We're always made invisible. So please don't do that. And even if you're going to use the word smoke medicine, which I do like, um, versus smudging, please say like, you know, this is a, this is a traditionally indigenous practice. This is where I learned it from. This is where I sourced the sage from. If you feel the need to share your sage or your smoke medicine practice, your relationship with this incredibly powerful plant, if you feel the need to share it publicly, number one, make sure you're not using it for your own personal gain or profit. Um, but it's totally fine to have a relationship with it and use it for yourself and your community, of course. But I would love to see just acknowledgement of where it comes from, the people who kept this practice alive and well, despite um, so much oppression, literally the outlying of these practices, and we somehow kept it alive. So if you're going to take it on and use it and share it, at least acknowledge where it comes from and acknowledge the land and the medicine itself and really build that relationship with it in, in, you know, in healthy reciprocity, right? So that's what I would ask about that, uh, ask around that. Um, so some things to consider, right? So I hope that covers some of the, I think those are the most common phrases and words that are harmful. I also have like a list of scenarios <laughs> inside the decolonized coach community. We do like a role play in one of the modules and there's um, things like if a client brings to you, there's what not to say and what to say instead. Um, but if I were to go through all of those, I'd be talking for another like 40 minutes. So I'll leave things here for now because I feel like we did cover quite a bit today. Um, I hope this was helpful. Let me know if you enjoyed this episode. Please share it, um, tag me, and come join the uh, Let's Decolonize Coaching Facebook group. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Thank you again so, so much for listening. If you would like to thank me in return, if you got any value, insights, new perspectives, or you just appreciated this episode or enjoyed this episode, the best way to thank a podcaster is to share with others. Spread the love, spread the magic, take a screenshot of the episode, share it on your Instagram or TikTok stories, and tag me at Emily Ann Brandt so I can personally thank you for tuning in and stay connected. This is truly a community that we are building here, and I love staying in connection with you. I look forward to talking to you again soon, and I'm sending you so much love and gratitude.